you'd better get strapped in now and hold on for an electrifying exploration into the revolution NVIDIA is sparking in gaming. With groundbreaking advancements that defy imagination, witness the birth of a new gaming epoch. Get ready for the unexpected and astonishing. Join us now in episode 2328 when your hosts Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will answer the intriguing question, how is NVIDIA changing gaming? On the CG Bros, CG Insider Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a returning fan, it's great to see you again. If you're new to our podcast, it's great to have you here. In today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, Brother Bill and I will be providing an answer to another great question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com, this time by Sarah M. from Los Angeles, California. And Sarah asks us, how is NVIDIA changing gaming? I'm Sean Johnston professional CG artist and animator in the video games industry with over 28 years of experience and today I'm currently a principal animator and we are grateful to be your host for this edition of the CD Insider podcast. You know Sean you must have been uh, two years old when you started this uh, this kind of work huh? (laughs) (laughs) My name is Bill Johnston and I am Sean's brother. I'm also a veteran in the gaming world. I started when I was four so I I, I guess that rings true exactly Uh, and I specialize in 3D animation and digital VFX for more than 20 years now and still having a lot of fun doing that. Um, You know have you ever wondered how NVIDIA is revolutionizing the game industry? Well Sarah has and uh, thanks for the question Sarah. Uh, it's, it's really been making quite an impact, and uh, we're going to explore the uh, innovative technologies and some of the advancements that have been introduced by NVIDIA, uh, from graphics processing units, uh, GPUs, uh, to real-time ray tracing, and how they've transformed the gaming experience that, uh, for all of us. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about some specific ways that NVIDIA has influenced game development and uh, pushed the boundaries of realism, and uh, uh, whether you're a game enthusiast, a developer, or just, you know, simply curious about uh, the latest gaming trends, uh, pay, pay close attention to this episode because we're going to be providing you some uh, valuable insights and, into how NVIDIA is really shaping the, the landscape of gaming. And uh, thanks again for that uh, question, Sarah. Uh, so, you know, Sean, when it, when it comes to revolutionizing, uh, you know, gaming, um, you know, NVIDIA has been at the forefront for, for many years now, and they're always pushing, seems to be, the, the boundaries of what's possible. And, uh, you know, with cutting edge tools and technologies, um, you know, it's really changed the way players are experiencing gaming. Um, why don't we just uh, quickly just start at the beginning? Uh, uh, maybe give a little bit of history. Beginning of time. Uh, oh, that's a beautiful background, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Um, well, let me preface first that I am under the weather, so please bear with me today. Um, I'm dedicated to get this thing done with you so we can get you to hear the, the latest on, on, the, uh, on NVIDIA. I really like this uh, topic, so I didn't want to miss it. Um, the you know, history of video cards is, is closely intertwined with uh, the evolution of computer graphics um, in general. And um, some of the major milestones, uh, 1981, uh, IBM developed their first two video cards, the uh, monochrome display adapter, MDA, and the CGA, color graphics adapter. Um, the MDA only had four uh, kilobits of video memory, while the CGA had 16 kilobits. Wow, a lot. Around that same time... Um, Hercules Computer Technology introduced uh, the Hercules Graphics Card, HGC, uh, which combined the MDA standard with bitmap graphics and uh, had about 64 whopping uh, amounts of uh, kilobits of video memory. Um, so there's, there's a lot of uh, things that have, have transpired since today uh, in 83. 
Um, there's uh, Intel entered the video game market or video card market, excuse me. Um, and so that, that uh, video graphics module basically is a multi-module and that was capable of displaying a huge eight colors and a resolution of 256 by 256. Man, that really dates us, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, yes, and that, that's really, I mean, the reason they even needed video cards in the first place is we didn't have video cards really. I mean, when, you, when we started out doing, uh, you know, working on computers, they, they, they were, we were using, uh, you know, text-based stuff uh, doing, you know, for, for a, lot of, a lot of what we were doing. And so, um, you know, when, once user interfaces started to be, you know, become a thing, that, that, that's, I think, what really spurred a lot of the, the video card demand. Uh, yeah, when I, when I first so saw, well, I think early on, probably um, the Commodore 64 was probably my first uh, experience with, with actual graphics where you could actually have it. Um, and I think it was uh, the Radio Shack version of that. I can't remember what the, the Radio Shack has been so long. But uh, the Commodore 64 was the one that I had seen, and I thought the graphics on that obviously were 2D graphics, but that was really exciting to, to play video games on that thing. I just was impressed. I was always, um, I think the early video game games in general, when I was watching, uh, we would play the console, not consoles, but the, the actual, go into like the Yellow Brick Road back in San Diego where there was just basically video game um, after video game, but they had all these professional machines that were sitting there. Um, what, what do you call those, Bill? Con- console games? <laughs> no, I mean, there weren't console, but there were those big... You actually had one in our in your room. You worked it. Who'd you work with that actually had that big gaming... Um, oh, there, yeah, that was their cabinet. cabinets. Cabinet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Who, who was that you, you worked for? That was... Oh, that was Sega Jones? Games. Uh, oh. Sega. Sega. Oh, Sega. Back in the, way, way back in the day, yeah. And that, that was huge. Well, you know, as a matter of fact, Sean, I, I didn't really, you know, get into gaming. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, back in... You tried to get me in. You were into computers first, and and uh, you know I was always interested interested in computer graphics and gaming as a as a as a youngster anyway. Uh, but uh, you, you know I, I was very intrigued one day when you called me. You said, "Bill, you you just got to come over here and, and check this out." And I said, well, "What do you got, Sean?" He goes, "Oh, you have to see it to believe it." And so I, I remember cruising over to your house and in the early nineties, <laughs> yeah, like nineteen ninety four or something. I think it was just after VGA uh, video cards. That was eighty seven. So, oh, was yeah. it eighty seven? Okay, yeah. but 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 I it's it quite a while ago. But uh, but I came over to your house and I was expecting, you know, oh, what is he going to show me? This is going to be great, you know. I'm going to be blown away. And then you you pulled up this video on your computer. I don't even think it was six forty. I think it was three twenty by two forty. I think it actually, was. if it, if it was that some little vi- some little tiny video playing in a three 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 twenty by two forty window, and I. I, I said, excited. this is it? This is it? Are you kidding me? And you know what, Sean? It wasn't even full. It wasn't even 30 frames a second, if I remember correctly, was it? It might have been 15 frames. I don't know. It might have been. Yeah, but I, but you were so excited. And uh, I, I wasn't sure what the heck you were so excited about. But, uh, I mean, look what it's grown into today. I know. I know. It was. Uh, I was always seeing the capabilities of everything. So I think when I first saw you know, all the screensavers from the original... VGA graphics adapters and seeing that, um, uh, and then 640, you know, by 480 with 16 colors, and then, and then the the Super VGA when that came out and had, you know, uh, thousands of colors, and I just was intrigued by it because it was underneath when I was going to San Diego State, it was actually a, a, um, a video game or actually not a video game, but it was a it was a computer manufacturer kind of. He was starting his own business and he was down below and he's a Vietnamese guy, super cool dude. Um, and he was starting a business and, and I was down there checking it out cause I was playing, uh, wanted to play video games and, 
um, saw his the graphics that he had, but they were just too expensive at the time because I was going to school and I was I was paying for basically my own my own way and my paying my rent and um, you know paying uh, for everything else, my food and everything else. Uh, yes, I think we I think we were paying it with, like with uh, thirty two dollars a, a, a megabyte for oh, RAM. Wasn't that yeah. something like that? I, yeah, I, yeah <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know how you remember that, but that's that's amazing. Yeah, but that's 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 pretty much it. I, I think I saw you know birds or some type of the screensavers that were showing in this Super VGA, and I was like, wow, what is that? And and then they I guess they had some type of animation that was running on it, um, and then I just I kind of just wanted to get my own computer, and, and uh, when you saw me. I had gotten one, and um, and I think I might even have had 3D Studio Max, a, ha- a, cra- a cracked version of 3D, no, 3D Studio DOS, number one. Yeah, not, not even, Max wasn't even out yet. But, uh, you know, got, got all the photocopied books and, um, and basically wanted to learn 3D. And then that's, of course, when the Video Toaster was out and the Amiga um, Imagine was used for, for 3D animation and everything else, and I wanted to do that. But... Uh, that's what yeah. I was expecting, you know. When I, uh, we, because we had seen, room, you know, video toaster, and I, I was thinking, at least when I went over to your house, I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm, he's going to show me something like, you know, video toaster, which ran on the Amiga. I think it was the Amiga yeah. system. Yeah, that, uh, it was amazing, and they had that toaster that was in real time, that was deforming. I thought that was pretty amazing, but it, I guess it was just in memory going back and forth. Well, actually, it wasn't rendering it in real time. It was just you were being able to scrub it, um, but. Going, going to uh, let's go to uh, 1996, and that's when you saw uh, 3D Effects was came into with with their 3D accelerators. They introduced the Voodoo One, and that was the first line of uh, video mm-hmm. cards. That uh, it's because a lot of more 2D raster images that, that uh, you're playing with, there was no 3D, and so your 2D card would be uh, installed alongside it, and it would provide those 3D graphics uh, rendering for those computers, so that. Uh, that that one that one the 3D effects you'd see in them all the all the gaming boxes that was required at that time and um, it was it was an exciting time and uh, right around that time uh, and this is this is debatable I don't even know if this is true or not but I've I've read that in 1999 um, Nvidia basically um, uh, made this significant you use you use the word GPU and either Sony. Uh, termed the uh, coined it the first time uh, with the PlayStation video game console in 1994, or uh, Nvidia. I think I think they say officially, it's the first first official GPU using that term with the GeForce 256, and so it was the was the first programmable card video card that allowed custom uh, shading and lighting effects. And um, in fact, Nvidia was a, was an exclusive uh, graphics provider for Microsoft's first Xbox. And uh, did, so that's, did that have did that run on did that, was that the DirectX? Uh, yeah, DirectX. I believe yeah, right around that time uh, was DirectX. Um, that was uh, supporting DirectX seven. Um, so I, I, believe, I don't know what date that was. Uh, right in the early nineties, maybe late nineties. Mm. Um, and then of course ATI. Uh, the ATI and NVIDIA are basically three uh, D effects ended up cr- uh, crashing and burning uh, eventually. Um, and uh, NVIDIA actually purchased a bunch of their technology uh, to, to integrate it into their line of video cards. And, um, but it, it's basically been N- NVIDIA and ATI. Those are the guys who are fighting back and forth and, um, uh, for the last, gosh, since 2000. Um, and so you, you'll see an AMD and ended up uh, buying ATI. So you'll see both of those uh, back and forth. But NVIDIA is pretty much... 80% of the market, right? I mean, it's it's got to be the highest part of, of the gaming, video gaming market. 
Yes, and it was. It's not the time about the time. Well, it was supposed to be the the uh, early two thousands when HDMI kind of started coming about. We started seeing things with H. Uh, what is it called? Uh, high definition multimedia interface, uh, Display Ports uh, and connectors. Uh, isn't that isn't that kind of kind of about when that came about? Um, I think that was in the early early two thousands, probably. Um, it the the problem is, Bill. It's it's. I mean, even when we're talking now, it's like. My head is spinning because it's it's going so fast. The technology is, is is like unbelievable. I mean, it sure doesn't seem like it was that long ago that we were actually struggling. <laughs> you know, well, yes, like, it, yeah. Well, that was because nothing was standardized, and that was, I think, a real problem. And and t- today it's a little bit different. But I mean, back back when, no, nothing had a real standard standard uh, you know architecture, and so was a lot of know, we were always yeah. exactly. But, yeah, and so so uh, back to right around now, I'm not going to go into every single detail about the, the time frame, but basically in 2020, NVIDIA um, uh, did acquired ARM for $40 billion, and they released uh, the highly anticipated RTX uh, video graphics card, which we'll talk and show some, ex- uh, some examples later on. But that basically introduced a huge advancement in, in real-time ray tracing. And uh, also by acquiring them, I guess they created the world's uh, premier company, computing company for uh, the age of AI. And so they've got a lot of technology from them. But uh, I mean, the, the bottom line is, what, what do these graphics cards do? It's better frame rate and higher re- resolution. At least that's originally how they were going. Um, I think now it's not so much that. Uh, I mean, we're, I think they can spit out 4K now um, and 120 frames a second, depending on what kind of video card you have. And so I think going forward, there's going to be a lot of technology that's basically going to be uh, integrated, uh, where you're you're going to be basically pr- producing more and more realism uh, in your graphics. Uh, so it's, the frame rates aren't really a concern so much anymore. And like I said, higher resolution, you're going to you go 8K, 16K, and that's kind of ridiculous um, at this point. Uh, just make it look better. So I think that's where the the lighting, the ray tracing, all that stuff's going to be really really cool. And then of course, software and hardware technology that's going to help us develop uh, even more immersive games. Yeah, so if I remember correctly, uh, NVIDIA was really the pioneer of the GPU. I, I'd say it's probably the grandfather of the GPU. No, probably you, officially, you were, yeah. And you were talking about... Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, Jen Sun Hung is basically the... He's the the, uh, the co-founder, I believe, of, of uh, NVIDIA. And uh, he was he was born in Taiwan. He immigrated to the United States when he was four, graduated uh, Aloha High School. And I didn't realize he had, a, he had electrical engineering from uh, Oregon State University. Um, and uh, he completed his master's in 1992 at Stanford. So he, he was one of the, the first, one of the, the founders. He's currently the CEO and president of NVIDIA. So um, he actually was working with uh, AMD as a microprocessor designer back in 1993. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, this guy's uh, latest stuff is, uh, is uh, we'll, we'll show some of it, uh, some of the early ray tracing that... Uh, do you, want to, do you want to go into any more about that before I go into some of the ray tracing and some of the other technologies? Well, I just, I just remember when ray tracing came about, uh, it, was, it was such an amazing thing to, I mean, because one of the, at that time, the holy grail was, was reflections. Um, having, having them, it, there, there was, I think I remember some, even some, some products that simulated reflections. Uh, you know, we had reflection maps and, you know, we'd have, we'd have to cast, you know, put them in materials and stuff because there was no real ray tracing. But once that ray tracing came along, I mean, it changed the game. I, it, everything just looked so beautiful. I mean, glass, when you look into glass, I mean, it finally looked right, you know. 
Um, yeah, I think early 2000 kind of looked weird. I'm still. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look at Terminator. I think they, they that wasn't even real ray tracing. That was just the reflection maps uh, that they were using for the or Terminator 2, excuse me. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, ray tracing changed the game. And, uh, you know, it, it, it provided realistic shadows because you could actually get some really beautiful shadows uh, yeah, as I well. Yeah, the, the refraction, the reflections, all those things where you put objects in it and you'd see them behave correctly and then light trans. You know, transmitting through them. I'm a, you know, I'm not a technical guy, so basically the light rays are going through them, and it's refracted, and you get the prism and the colors and everything else like that. But check this out. This is um, uh, 1979. This is a uh, complete angler, and it's it's uh, it was created by um, a PhD student from NCSU in 1978, and uh, and it was his name is Turner uh, Witted, and he uh, left for Bell Labs and proceeded to shake the CG world with an algorithm here. Um, that could ray trace a scene in a reasonable amount of time. Obviously, it wasn't real time, but you know it was frame by frame. But um, this is pretty amazing. Just looking at this old technology, and you're like, oh gosh, look at some of the reflections. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. You can see what. Yeah. You, yeah. No, that's amazing. And I just thought it. You know, this is probably be a good place to talk about the difference between uh, ray tracing and and ray pathing technologies, uh, or path tracing, I should say. Um, you know, ray, it, it, ray tracing is, the, is, is, is kind of the basic, uh, basic technology, but path tracing, uh, they're both ray, you know, ray, ray, techniques that actually just trace the paths of light rays, but um, the main difference is, is in quality. Um, what I'm showing here is some, some uh, you know, path tracing that's being, being done, and it just, it just, you know, while it's a lot you know, more computationally expensive, um, it just... You know, you get a lot more detail in the reflections, the accuracy of the of the stuff. And you were talking about you know radiosity, and and uh, I mean that that's that this is how global illumination is done, uh, basically, uh, and indirect lighting. You know, uh, having light bounce, basically. Yeah, beautiful. And so uh, just just some amazing stuff, and and so I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> no, that's great. People, I mean, it's just yeah. basically creates it, it, usually the real tracing, uh, <laughs> real time ray tracing is basically the holy grail, like you're saying, is because I remember saying, hey. Uh, frame after frame, and it would take forever to render using software. You know, on a, even on a um, a render farm that we had at uh, when I was at SCEA, we were doing cinematics for um, some of the games we're working on. And man, just trying to get just ray trace stuff was just crazy. And it was like, oh, they're never going to get that. And that was well, because well, yeah, good. Well, yeah, because a lot of that was you know, how many times do you see a reflection if you have a mirror against a mirror? You know, how many times does that go back and forth? You know, you have to trace the rays, you know, several times. Like you couldn't see a reflection in glass reflected in glass. Right. I mean, there was you were limited by the number of, uh, I guess, you know, bounces that the that the rays would take, and so that that's kind of out the window today, especially with the with the uh, path tracing. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was just such an amazing thing. That, that's really what Sean would I think jazzed me and really got me into VFX is is the 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 high quality. I mean, you could actually see fire in in Reflected in Chrome. I mean, Chrome used to be the, <laughs> you know, speaking of Terminator Two, uh, you know, things that things that you could you could actually see the environment in, and and how far could how much of the environment would you see in the reflection? You know, that was it was all a function of computation. And since you know, it's kind of interesting. You were talking about the the technology. These all, all these technologies have to you know, the video cards and the, and the GPUs. They they have to keep. The rest of the computer has to kind of keep up. I mean, even even today, with all these incredible, uh, you know, cloud gaming and stuff like that, um, there, there's just. Uh, and Nvidia's a, the the front runner on that. Yeah, I mean, I was ATI's gonna, got some good stuff too. I was looking at some of the stuff they have, but I don't, it's like I said, they're 
their market share is very, very uh, minimal compared to uh, NVIDIA's. So I think I think just keeping up is a challenge because now now that they've got all these these cool you know hardware things hardware accelerated stuff and, and even software now we're, we haven't even got to the AI accelerated stuff yet um, which which hopefully we'll get to uh, time to talk to today but we're, we're limited I mean gamers today are limited by their the, the, their internet connection you know I mean the quality's out there if you can afford like fiber say right you know yeah I, I agree and uh, the the here's another example of um, some. Minecraft using ray tracing. Here's some examples of before and after. So they've got, um, you know, the normal on and off. This is RTX, uh, the NVIDIA's RTX uh, card. Um, and you can see right there with the lighting how realistic it adds, even for a really minimalistic game like Minecraft. It just adds so much more of a dimension visually. Um, you know, it, it actually makes it look really, really cool. Um, the... Uh, the uh, NVIDIA's you know, RTX is, is basically playing a, a huge role, crucial role in enabling that real-time uh, ray tracing in, in consumer graphic cards. That, um, and so there, a lot of games are incorporating these more and more. And I think that's what I was saying. They're going to be in, used to enhance the visual fidelity and basically creating more realistic, immersive experiences for players. So uh, obviously latest consoles such as PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X have, have dedicated ray tracing hardware. Um, you know, basically further further enhancing their graphic graphic capabilities. So yes, and, and even subsurface scattering uh, was is 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 you know enabled by this kind of technology. And look at how gorgeous this thing looks, especially when you see the fire going through, and you can actually see it. You know, going through the material. The, the look at how it lights up the head and it illuminates from behind. It's just a fantastic uh, technology. Um, I, I I'll tell you what, Nvidia is really pushing the boundaries on. On all this stuff, and here's you know one of the reasons I got into VFX is because it's able Water. to. Well, this this is a lot of simulation work going on here as well. But here's an example of the the the, the light. You know what do they call those things? Glow sticks and how <coughs> they and the bounce lights and stuff like that. It's just just tremendous how the, the the. I mean, there's there's too many innovative technologies to really talk about. I mean, they're really pioneering. It's hard to like you said, it's hard to keep up. Yeah. So let's let's include it quickly. So there's. A lot of the new um, uh, con uh, NVIDIA's cards that are changing are basically allowing you uh, the deep learning super sampling that you were talking about using AI-powered technology, enhancing oh, the, D the image quality. That's, so, go ahead. That's D I think that's DSS, right? Uh, DLSS. So DLSS. Uh, yeah, deep learning super sampling. That's what that is. So you can see it being used on this game here, too, with RTX on and off. And it's showing you the, the real-time ray tracing as well. So you, it's enhancing the lights and... It's, it's basically that technology is, is increasing the uh, performance and improving the resolution. It's actually, uh, you can up-res it, uh, smoother game, gameplay, a higher visual uh, fidelity, and then uh, higher, way higher frame rates. This one really shows it. Um, and I, I don't know if this is uh, Far Cry, I think it is, um, where I think you showed some stuff too. But I think that's pretty much where it's going to be going. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't think it's going to really go to um, you know 8K or 16K. I, I don't see visual... Visually, I don't think you're going to see a huge difference. No, it'll they'll, they'll probably it'll probably be an issue of frame rate. You know, oh, you're looking at 120 frames a second. Oh no, I we can do 240 frames a second. I mean, honestly, yeah. At some point, you're how many frames a second can you see? But you know, I just want to mention here as as well as uh, ray tracing isn't just limited. You know, this technology isn't limited to just graphics. Uh, the RTX technology from Nvidia um, also allows for ray traced audio. So, huh? uh, you know, yeah, ray traced audio, you can actually create more immersive soundscapes. Uh, and how, you know, that's really going to be important when we get, get into more virtual reality stuff. And that's really, that's coming in the future. Right. Okay. So let's talk quickly about cloud gaming. 
that's the that is the like the hugest thing that I've seen in a long time where you can basically see uh, you know you can play on your laptop, your desktop, your Mac, your TV, your Android device, iPhone, iPad, whatever, and you can basically trans transform it into a powerful PC gaming rig and it allows you to play your favorite games in high resolution. Right now, um, uh, uh, Nvidia on, on any device too, right? On right, any device. right, and, yeah. and it's basically called GeForce Now, and uh, you can there's a free version. Uh, basic, you, you know, you have a basic rig that they're you're accessing on on their servers. Um, you can do a one hour session length uh, per game. Um, if you want to do something else, you can do a, a nine ninety nine per month, and um, you can do it at a premium rig, and that's uh, six hour session lengths up to ten eighty uh, resolution. You have to wait because you get in a queue, uh, the free version. I don't know. Yeah, I think I they have different tiers. I think, mm-hmm. Sean, different different payment tiers. You know, depending on what you pay, you get you get more quality. Right, right, and so that's kind of they have an ultimate as well, which is uh, I don't think it's that expensive. But check it out. Uh, go to uh, GeForce Now and check it out. They've got about fifteen hundred games on there. Uh, currently, I'm showing you just some of the audio to face that you can use, and mm-hmm. I've actually been using this to um, animate some some facial animation where you basically can bring in any model. Uh, that has basically, you know, a face that's similar to, in fact, it doesn't have to be similar to a, a, a human, but what you do is you bring it into uh, audio to face uh, and you can basically map it to their template uh, and, uh, and you can do real-time uh, motion and, and lip syncing by basically aligning your face to their template, you know, marking for the, for the inside of the mouth, uh, around the top of the mouth, bottom, eyes, uh, nose, and then it just basically pushes, right here you'll see, it pushes the that character's face into the template, so you know you've kind of mapped it correctly with those um, markers. And then it, now you can play any audio file um, and record and record stream uh, um, live, and uh, it'll it'll play it and kick it out into Maya or your DCC. Yes, I mean it's interesting how you know we think you know we think oh a lot of us today th- don't, just don't especially the young folks, they don't realize where we came from and what, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of giants here. Yeah, I mean, this are. is this didn't just, this just, just didn't happen. You know, we just didn't invent this. This is, came after a lot of, I mean, decades of hard work and, and artists struggling, you know, brute force struggling to, to, to produce, you know, beautiful performances from characters and from environments. I mean, just the lighting itself now, with, with just with lighting, you can place one light. You can create, you know, global illumination allows you just to set one light, basically. Yeah, this this uh, this technology is just. We're gonna have to do version two. <laughs> I might even get through half of the stuff I wanted to talk about. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, hey, we'd really like to thank you for uh, being part of our podcast today. Um, we really had a great time answering Sarah's question and how uh, Nvidia is changing gaming. Sorry, we didn't get to everything. Um, hey, uh, give us a comment too if you want us to add some stuff for later. Or you correct anything that we say because, like I said, things are going so quickly. We're having a hard time keeping up. But we're going to try and do our best, so we don't mind if you, if you slam us a little bit if we're not getting it correctly. But anyway, we hope you enjoyed the discussion. You learned something you didn't know along the way because we really believe it's imperative to learn at least one new thing every week, whether you need to or not. keeps that brain going. And if you did, do us a small favor and share it around with some of your friends because word of mouth is the best kind of advertising. Hit that like button. Subscribe uh, anywhere it is and uh, because it helps uh, YouTube's algorithm find people just like you who are interested in, in AI, CGI, VFX-related stuff, and everything we talk about here on the podcast. Uh, yep. And uh, by the way, we do them just for you, so if you've got a subject you'd like us to discuss, you can uh, let us know by uh, going over to our website, the cgbros.com, uh, to the About Us tab, and click on the Ask Us Anything drop-down, just like Sarah did. We're always looking to improve, 
And now you can tell I'm starting to get a little sick. <laughs> Our podcast, we make them, uh, we try and make them more interesting and useful to you. So we need your input. Please give us a, a comment below. And if you do, no guarantees. We are, there's a chance we may read it during one of our future podcasts and mention you by name. Yeah, like we did last week. And we wanted to let you know we also bring you a new edition of the CG Insider right here every week. And we discuss all the cool things having to do with computer graphics and CGI animation, digital VFX as, uh, as well. And uh, we want to let you know you can also find audio versions of our podcasts on all the major audio podcast platforms as well. And just a quick note, if you haven't checked out our CG Bros YouTube channel, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's your front row seat for some amazing CGI short film entertainment. Uh, we can't wait to see you here again for next week's podcast, uh, where we'll be answering another great fan question. Ah, this time it's how is Unreal Engine chaming, ch changing game production? <laughs> That's going to be awesome. You can say chaming or shaming. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Well, that does it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how is NVIDIA changing gaming? Thanks for being with us. Did you enjoy the show? We'd love to hear from you. Check the super thanks button on YouTube to show your support. Your tip helps us obtain more high quality content for you to enjoy. And leave a comment and thumbs up for a chance to be mentioned on a future podcast. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell for instant notification when new episodes are posted. Share our videos with your friends on social media and follow us for all the latest news and projects. Want to listen to the audio-only version of the podcast? You can find us on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. And here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, become a CG Insider by subscribing to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgpros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure to join us for the next episode when the CG Pros will answer the question, how is Unreal Engine changing game production? We can't wait to see you there. This has been episode 2328 of the CG Pro CG Insider Podcast. Thanks again for watching. We'll catch you next time.